Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver. Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Um, today, I have the immense pleasure of chatting with founder of 10X Manager, Josh Gain. How the devil are you, young man? Yeah, all very good here, Lee. Thank you very much for having me today. It's a pleasure to speak to you. No, honestly, I'm really looking forward to this for a whole host of reasons. Um, I mean, the the first, the first, I guess, the first reason why I'm looking forward to it is I've got her envy, significant her envy, and uh, and and um, this is this is probably the weakest start to a podcast I've ever had, but I can't get past it if I'm honest. I need to understand this. Is it just because you're so young, or have you got really strong genes? Uh, it's it's definitely strong genes. My granddad, same head of hair, but just white. So that that's the direction that I'm going in. No worries, no worries, no problem. Anyway, um, <laughs> in, enough about your her, but for those people who don't know who Josh is, who is Josh and how has he got to sit in that seat today? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a, a quick overview and if there's anything that, that's interesting, I'm sure you can dive into it. But um, I'm originally from Birmingham. Um, I then went down to London to study at university, London School of Economics, uh, graduated um, with a history degree and then tried to work out, well, what do I do now with a history degree? Um, and I kind of fell into sales, I think is a fair way to say it. It, it was uh, one of those where I was always interested in business. I always thought I'd want to run my own business eventually. Um, and sales felt like a good place to start and a good skill to develop. So went and worked at a company called Gartner as an account executive. Um, so it was technology advisory, um, always with the view of wanting to start my own business, just not really sure what or where it was. Um did about three years in sales at Ghana and then two years in sales management. And was my role there really was working with fast-growing tech organizations and helping them connect with the Gartner insights and knowledge to, to really help them grow and help them get over their, their, their biggest roadblocks. And throughout that whole period, I think I, I was starting to pick up on a trend whilst I was there that one of the real challenges were in this kind of scaling of a business, high-growth businesses, it was, it was the people. Um, is it was how do you attract the best people? How do you retain people? And, and ultimately, as a business, what can you do to really maximize that? Um, so I think a little bit naively is I, I then jumped out of Gartner and thought, I'm going to solve this with technology and uh, built an employee engagement platform, kind of uh, scraped something together, uh, got a little bit of funding to do it. Um, and basically then went around six months working on that, got a few pilot customers and I realized I was trying to solve a problem with technology that couldn't really be solved with technology. Um, and instead, what we've done now is the real problem was managers need better training. They need to become better leaders. Companies are aware of it and managers are aware of it, but no one really does much about it. Um, so what I've done is I've we pivoted that a little bit into 10x managers, which is a community-driven learning platform where managers can come together, share insights, share knowledge, uh, and ultimately get better and we, we help kind of curate that experience um, so I waffled there a little bit late but uh, that, that, that's that's how I've got there today no I love that I love that Me, the first I guess that the first question that I've got is um, 
you're, you're a little bit younger than I, um, and you've got an, such an entrepreneurial spirit to, you said at the start that you wanted to have your own business. Have you, have you, is it the desire that you've wanted to your own business that's allowed you to spot the opportunities or is it something else that's within you that has, that has led you, led you down this path? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, I mean, I've, I've always been entrepreneurial. I think uh, it's the stereotype of selling the sweets on the bus and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I was that person. Um, and I think I've, I've always grown up around people that were building businesses as well. So my dad's an entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur. And it was kind of, it, it was just the thing that I, I was going to go and do. And I think actually it made me fairly unemployable <laughs> because I saw the freedom and flexibility that you get by working for yourself and building a business. And I, I didn't really like being confined. So it was always one of those things that I was always looking for that opportunity, that thing to, to jump into and have a go at my own. Yeah, got you, got you. I guess what was the um, what was the moment um, where you realised that actually corporate life was not for you? It, or has there been a single moment? There was a decision point. They're going right. Okay, I've had enough now. Um, I've learnt what I've needed to learn. I've spotted an opportunity, and I'm going to go um, and, and go and try that thing. Was was there a moment, a tipping point that that created that? No, not really. So I think I went into corporate, into the corporate world with the intention of it being a training ground for me to go and do something myself. My initial idea was to be there two years, look, get some good sales training and, and then jump into something. But actually, I ended up being there five. So something actually appealed to me about being there. And I think it was mostly that the learning that I was getting, the development that I was getting in there. And if I'm honest, that was the thing that actually ended up being the reason why I left at that point is because I felt like I was stagnating. It, it was at that point, I was like, I don't think there's much else for me to learn here. So it's either get another job or go and start something. Obviously starting something was, uh, was what I went with. And has it been plain sailing? Has it been the dream that you thought it was going to be? So uh, again, I think I was quite lucky in that I don't think I had an illusion it was going to be plain sailing because I've seen it I've, I've kind of been in the experience and I've seen the highs and I've seen the lows of, of building businesses so I don't think I was under the illusion that it was going to be plain sailing but to, to form it absolutely hasn't been I think what's fairly obvious is we started off as a, uh, a software platform and we're now a community and a, a training platform and those sorts of things so uh, there's been lots of challenges there's been lots more lows than highs but I think it those those highs that keep you going it's those good moments you like we're doing something good here that, that that keeps you driving forward to the next one yeah i love that i love that i, I love the bit about in your in your intro when um it became all about people and about the capability of people to to be able to achieve what they want to want to achieve um is it when when you were working um and and i guess yeah when you were in your corporate role what is it that you saw or what what examples have you got of the problems that you're trying to resolve? Yeah, no, and it, it, I think this is a, it's a great question and that's where this all came from really. Um, but basically we would get fast growing tech companies come to us um, saying, and I, I was actually working in the Nordic market for, for a large part of my, uh, my sales uh, time there. So I'd get kind of Swedish, Danish vendors um, who had done really well over in the Nordics and they'd come over to Gartner and say, right, we want to expand into the UK, we want to expand into the US. Um, and really they'd come to us thinking that their problem was 
they need to redesign their products to come into the UK so it fits the UK market. They need to redesign their sales messaging and how they're positioning themselves and how they're going to market themselves in the UK and the US. And never really spoke to us about the people. And I think the more of these that I spoke to and the more projects that I was involved with of helping these companies, it was glaringly obvious to me that these companies didn't have a sales problem or a product problem because it had worked in Denmark and sure there, there were slight changes they needed for the for the UK and the US. But actually their problem was they had a sales people problem and they had a product people problem whereby they were losing their really good people who were going to go after more money. They were struggling to hire fast enough so they could actually scale into the UK. And it was just clear and obvious to me that it was that people side of things. It was the scaling of the business internally that was slowing them down. And they were attributing it to, we're saying the wrong thing in our marketing message or we haven't got this feature in our product. And it just became very obvious. So yeah, it, it, was, it was through those projects that I was working on that, that, that this kind of all became quite clear. Yeah, love it, love it. And you've you mentioned community is at the heart of what you're what you're developing and and building. And um, how has that gone? I guess, I guess so. You've got a community now. There's a, and it's a growing community. How have you managed to 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 build such a community at such pace? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Community is the heart of what we're doing. Um, and I think when I looked at how people get trained at the moment from a management leadership standpoint, um, there's loads of great, uh, management trainers, management coaches, leadership coaches, however people want to term themselves, loads of great ones. And I knew that I personally am not in a position to position myself there because I've done two years in sales management and I've not got the experience and kind of the know-how to become that coach. But I thought the value that I could really add here was actually curating all of these best practices that all of these great experienced people have and putting it together into a single community, a single way, a single place where people can come and consume this insight, share knowledge, and ultimately together become better. Um, and I think it's that proposition that, that that's really appealed to people. Um, and in terms of marketing and sales, we've done very little other than posting on LinkedIn, doing our interviews on our podcast and re reposting those clips on social media. Um, and over the last kind of five months, we're up to about 600 in the community now. Uh, we publish new content every week and we've just launched our new whole training platform now that actually helps people train in kind of the 12 key initiatives we've, we've identified as high performance management and high performance leadership. Amazing. Amazing. When you talk about those 12 things, how did you identify those 12? So it's through all the conversations that we've been having. So each week we, we do a manager masterclass, which obviously yeah, we, we've interviewed one with you, Leah, and should be coming out in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, but we do a different manager masterclass each week as well, where we bring someone in to speak about what they are great at and how people can actually replicate that and go away and do it. So we publish that. Um, but then obviously as part of the community, I try to speak to as many of our community members as possible and understand what are they working on? What do they struggle with? Where do the biggest challenges lie? And it was basically uh, an analysis ex exercise of all of these hundreds of conversations that I've had over the last five months uh, and distilling it down into the core pillars, the core initiatives that people essentially have to work on in these management roles. Um, and they've become our kind of 12 pillars now of how we create our content and how we help train people into in become great managers. I love that. It's, it's in true essence of, of, of community, isn't it? Because you're it's not based on on anything other than the feedback of the people that you're there to uh, exactly. to, to support. No, I love that. So when you talk about the 12 pillars, 
Are there any of those pillars that that have, have come out as really quite quite strong or that people need the greatest amount of support or have got the bigger challenges with that you can just, I guess, touch on and, and maybe share some of those um, the, the, the bits of advice that can, that can help people? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, actually, because I, I really wish that I could say this is the main thing people are struggling with and they're working on because it would make my life a lot easier. But unfortunately, um, because we've got a very varied community, we've got a wide community, we've got people who have become a manager three weeks ago and we've got people who are C-levels and big organisations that have got 30 years' experience in there. What people are working on, it, it all fits within those 12 kind of initiatives but it really doesn't fit in any one place. Um, but I think one thing that really does um, come up a lot, regardless of who I speak to, is the concept of imposter syndrome. Is It doesn't matter if you have stepped into a role one week ago and just taken your first management position, or you've been in role 30 years and you've just taken on that new position where you're now leading a function or leading an entire business. People have imposter syndrome, regardless of who you are, where you come from, what you do. Um, and I've had some really interesting conversations with people about this, about how they've tried to overcome it, how they make themselves um, feel better. And it all comes down to really surrounding yourself with the people that you trust and allowing them to give you the confidence that you're in the place where you should be. So it's not about trying to fight this imposter syndrome because it's natural, it's normal. And actually by leaning into it and sharing those vulnerabilities, you can create a very authentic persona as a leader within a business and then by surrounding yourself by people you trust that are good that can fill your gaps that can show you where you're strong um that really enables people to still thrive in that environment even though that imposter syndrome exists so i, I love that as well because the essence of the answer is around the word community as well and having those people that that, that trust you isn't it and yeah. and and having a a, a maybe a small community of people that that trust you I, I guess, okay, right. So if the answer to that one and, and, and dealing with imposter syndrome is community, your solution is development of a community. If you had to um, define or um, share the best ways to create a valuable community, how would you do that? Really good question. Um, and ultimately, I think it depends what you're creating it for. Um, so let's say we are taking an example of kind of um, you're trying to create a community around you or a network of people around you that can help you in your role. I think it's ultimately starting with where are you trying to go to? What's those end goals that you're trying to reach to both professionally and what the business is asking of you, but also personally as well. So it's understanding what are my ambitions and what am I ultimately trying to achieve as a person and in my family life? And really crafting a plan, which is another one of our initiatives, is kind of uh, creating clarity and um, strategic planning, is creating a plan and a roadmap of how you're going to get there. So breaking it down into those small milestones that you can travel through and have those small goals that you can drive towards. And really understanding then and start analyzing with each one of those milestones that I'm going to travel through, what are the biggest challenges that I'm going to face and who do I need around me to ultimately help get there? Um and then on that question, it's then, well, have I got people easily accessible, i.e. within the business already, my manager, other managers, partners, employees, um, 
or do I need to look externally? Do I need to find external mentors that can actually help me through this so I can get there faster? And obviously there's lots of ways to do that. LinkedIn's a great way. Um, our community is a great way as well with mentorship. Um, but uh, yeah, there's lo- loads of ways that you can start building that network. Love that. Love that. What do you hope that this community becomes? Because it's, it's 600 members strong now. You've got um, a whole host of, of, of assets on there that people can can learn and grow from. You've got your 12 pillars that are, that are underpinning it as well. What do you hope it becomes? It's a really good question as well. Um, and essentially what I'm hoping it becomes is I, I want to satisfy that problem that I had when I was a manager in that, I was looking for a way to get better. Um, And the way that we got trained is they'd bring somebody in or we'd have someone come and speak to us and give us kind of a quick session. It was 30 minutes, it was 40 minutes, or maybe even a two, three-day workshop, and then they'd disappear. And then I'd be left on my own for four months being like, right, well, I still want to get new ideas. And So what I'm trying to create here is a place where anybody can come and get new information. They can learn, develop at their own speed, whenever they want. So they're not held back by their company investing into their own training and their own development. And it just becomes an area where anybody can come at any time and there's value in them for, to help them accelerate their career. Yeah, I love that. I love that. There's been so many, I, I mean, I've read so many books or, or books, depends where you're from. So I've read so, so many of them and, and not done anything different after reading them. I've attended so many courses and it's not, and I've walked through the door at the end of the day, and it's not had a, an impact on, on me when I walk in um, work the day after. And, and when we, when, so when we've developed our training and get knowledge, it's, it's been about make, trying to help people. So I've got a quote. So if you want to achieve different, you've got to think and do different. And your community helps people think differently because it's, it's, um, it is um, giving them new different lessons, different perspectives, different challenges, maybe from some people who have walked the path before and stuff like that. I guess in terms of accountability and getting getting people to do something different, is there any um, how how do you bridge that gap from the from the master classes and the training that you're providing to the to the action and the accountability that 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 needs to follow? Yeah, and it seems to be my answer to most of these questions, Lee, but it's community. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the way we have designed, so obviously what, what we've been doing up to um, two weeks ago is we've been doing these weekly masterclasses. Um, we've been having a forum where people can discuss um, directly between themselves as well and have conversations. But what we've now done is we've brought it all together into our 10X Managers Digital Training Academy. So what this is, is we pulled together all of the best practice and all the shared knowledge from the community that we've picked up over these last six months. And we've packaged them into 12 key initiatives, which we've already spoke about. We've separated those down into then separate modules. So we teach how to become a great manager at hiring, for example, over the course of five or six modules that's all pulled through from the community best practice. But exactly as you said, is taking on new information isn't the same as learning and developing. The way we actually learn and develop is we need new ideas and we need new insights, but then we have to actually go and practice and experience with them. We have to then um, actually reflect on those experiences and think about what have I actually learned there? What went well? What went didn't? What can I do in the future? And then there should be a whole consolidation piece as well where you're essentially sound checking what you have just learned and what you've just developed through that process 
to really make sure that it's stuck with you and you're actually going to be able to put things in place that help you implement it in the future. And that's exactly how we've developed this digital training academy. So each one of those modules is separated into insights, experience, reflect, and then consolidate. And each one of those, so insights is the community insights that we're sharing with you and we've curated from the community. Experience is there where you actually go and practice this in the real world. It gives you an exercise of how to actually use this insight and go and role play with a different manager to practice this conversation framework or go and speak to your manager and talk to them about how it would be best to get buy-in for this change program that, that, that we're trying to uh, help you implement. Um, then move on to um, the reflection piece and we prompt everybody to reflect into the community. So based on the experience you've just had and the insights that you've just taken in, we prompt them to say something or ask a question or share a learning into the community that can help have a discussion and prompt more ideas from other people to really develop that, that thought and that learning. And then finally, we have the consolidation piece where we essentially are testing you on those things that we've, we've tried to kind of ingrain into you through that module um, just so you can clarify you've taken away those key takeaways and are going to put things in place to actually go away and take action on this. Um, so, yeah, that, um, that's a long answer to say the community helps us really drive that accountability. Yeah, no, I love I love that as well. So in, in last week's podcast, it was just, it was just me sat in my pants uh, talking myself and, and recording recording those thoughts. And and I was talking about the the two most important measures in any business are um are not measured. And 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 these for me are are we increasing the number of thoughts in our people as measure number one? Do we do we make our people think more? Because I, I fundamentally believe that we need to engage the whole person and that's the heads, the hearts and the hands and, and the heads um, are not engaged enough. So I would and we're to engage the, the heads is by asking more questions, giving more learning, providing more information and all that stuff because we want to create more thoughts in people. So me, uh, measure number one, metric number one, increasing the thoughts in our people. And then metric number two is reducing the time between thought, conversation and action and that cycle because... Yep. Um, some people have a, an action bias and, and, and stuff, but without the conversation to validate. And I love the fact that you brought the community in because it's the more that you get teams of groups of people talking together, it develops a far better solution. It creates the accountability um, and, and, and it just makes a more rounded experience for everybody. So the two measures are increasing the thoughts, but also reducing time from thoughts to conversation to action. And what it sounds like, is what you've done in that community by doing and, and having those this four-step process you've done. Uh, you're creating the thoughts with the insights and the academy, but then you've got the, the community to, to, to allow the conversation to take place in the cycles of, of the, the action taking place as well. So it's a, it's a constant check back. So no, I guess that, that was a really long answer to your really long answer to say I agree with you, Josh. <laughs> I'm just going to add one more thing to your long answer as well. Um, but I think the whole idea about this, uh, and I think what you said there is really important, is the more discussion we can have around this helps us process, work out. Uh, you really soundboard what you're trying to learn. But that discussion has got less for everybody over the last three years with COVID and lots of people working remote or hybrid now is it's a lot harder to have those 
quick conversations with the person sitting next to you. It's, we have to actually now facilitate those sorts of discussions. So that discussion is actually going down, 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 which is why it's really important to surround yourself in an environment whereby you are actually able to have those conversations on demand when you want to have them at your speed. Uh, again, one of the reasons why, why we, we're driving this kind of asynchronous community is what we're trying to create here. So you can start a discussion and anybody can come in at any time to really develop those thoughts as well. Yeah, love it, love it. How do you encourage people to speak up and share the thinking? So if I look at the three-step model, thoughts, uh, conversation, and action, um, for the conversation to be as, as fruitful as possible, it's about giving everybody a voice and encouraging um, uh, um, a collaboration or a, a conversation with everybody and, and, and exploring those things. So how do you, in a digital community, get people to engage Late, I might have lost you there. You got me. Oh yeah, you're back. You're back again, Josh. Oh, there you, we you go. go. There you go. So yeah. So how how do you Sorry. get people to engage in a digital community? What's the, what's the secret? If I had an answer to the secret, Lee, we, we'd have no problems whatsoever. I think what you've done there is you've picked out the biggest challenge that we've got right now. Is it how do we create a safe enough environment where people? want to speak up they feel confident to speak up without being judged by the others in the community um hands down it's the hardest thing in terms of having a digital community it is enabling people and giving people the confidence to, to speak up and, and truly engage in these areas um we're trying lots of things at the moment and i can't tell you that i've got an answer for you um but some of the things that we're trying at the moment is we're trying to reduce so obviously things like the social media that we're involved in at the moment in every day, LinkedIn, Facebook, it's all measured by how many likes do I get? How many comments do I get? And it's very visible with how engaged people are with your conversation just by looking at it without even engaging in, in the post. So we've intentionally removed all that from our platform. You can't like, you can't get count the number of comments that are there. It's a post that you then have to click view discussion to go further into it. And it just, I think, hopefully, well, it has created slightly less reluctance from people that, oh, if I post this, I might only get three likes and it's not worth posting. So, so that's yeah. one thing. Um, another thing is it's a, it's a very manual thing from me, but I know a lot of these people in this community at this point, and I know what they're good at and I know what they're strong at. And if I see someone post a question or have a problem is I'll message them offline and I'll say, jump in here and answer this for me because I know you have some great insights. So it's helping make those connections as you would if you were networking in a room together, but doing it digitally and helping people connect in that kind of asynchronous way as well. Um, they're, they're just some of the ideas that, that we're trying at the moment, but it, it's a really tough one. It, it, it's a really difficult thing is to foster true engagement within an online community. Yeah, I think it's the biggest challenge online and offline as well. So I work with a lot of teams where, yeah. where, where the leader is really comfortable giving communication one way, giving instruction. Um, but the minute that they've got to ask a question where they are not sure of the answer is they'll, they'll not do it. And, and people will not necessarily speak up for what you said before, the fear. Because fear of conflict, what uh, is somebody going to disagree with me? Fear of challenge, fear of um, creating a problem, fear of negativity, fear of rejection, all of the, the things, all of the negative things um, get into their heads and prevent them from, um, 
from from speaking out and, and sharing. So it's it's a challenge about I, I guess about human because we we love to belong, don't we? We as as humans we love to belong, and the minute that we're asked for our opinion, it's an opportunity to um, to break that belonging. And and, yeah. and and we don't want to annoy people. We don't want to piss people off. We don't want to argue and stuff. But if you think about, and, and you may have seen like Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team, the bottom two layers of that are around a lack of trust and a lack of conflict. And if you've got a, uh, if you've got a trusting environment, then conflict is safe to have because you know the purpose and why people are doing it and all of that stuff. And, and, and it's trying to, I, I love as well, the bit that where you said about you've removed the vanity metrics from your commenting, because I think that that's, that's, I think that's really powerful. And I think that's a really smart thing to do. Um, I think that, yeah, really, really smart, really smart. Cause it, it doesn't, it's irrelevant what people say. It's, yeah. it's not ranked. It's not ranked. It's not yeah. your comment is better than my comments. Cause nobody can say that or see that or show that. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Really good. But yeah, the challenge that you've got in an online world is, is, the same challenge that I think and I think leaders have got in a physical world. Um, and and hopefully the community that you've got and the, the things that you're doing will help leaders become more confident and comfortable asking more questions um, to get more and better answers from the, from their people, I think. Um, yeah, no, well powerful, well powerful. Hey, good, really good. Really good. So, um, you said before that at the start. Um, so you've got me thinking. You've 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 increased the number of thoughts that I'm having. Um, but you said at the start that it was all about setting up a business. You've got a business now. Um, and are, are you happy having a business? Um, or do you prefer being an entrepreneur? That's a really good question. Um. So I, I, I'm definitely, uh, I'm, I'm a competitive person in general. I've always kind of grown up playing sports. And, uh, it, it's always in me. I, I like to win. Um, and I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't mind losing either, but I, I, I like trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think one thing that you get with being an entrepreneur and building a business is the opportunity to win and lose every day. I think in a job, Obviously, there's still those opportunities as well. And in sales, obviously, it's winning and losing. But I think I like the opportunity to almost be competitive with myself when building a business. It's, can I build this faster? What can I do to do this better? Um, so I'm enjoying the journey, I think. It's probably the best way of uh, explaining that is it's it's tough, it's hard, but that's why one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it. And when we get to that next milestone and the one after and the one after, that's what will make all of it worth it uh, and kind of those small wins along the way. Yeah. How do you know if you're winning? It's, it's a good question as well. And I think it's, it's one of the things that we speak about a lot in, uh, in, in the training program with a lot of the managers as well is you really need to have clarity on where you're trying to get to first, because otherwise it's a, it's a never ending black hole of, I can do more, I can do more, I can do more. And, and that's one thing about being an entrepreneur and running a business is, there's, there's never an off button. There's always something else that you can do and something more you can do to, to, to go a bit faster. Um, and I think it's about setting really clear goals. Um, the same as being a manager and, and with your team as well. It's setting clear goals with timelines that you're aiming towards uh, and really having sprints towards them. Um, and if I achieve them, then I know I'm winning. 
if I don't achieve them, it doesn't actually mean I'm losing either. It just means I'm not winning anymore. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, yeah. When um, just about the name now, actually, right? So 10x managers, and you've got the you've got yep. the URL 10xmanagers.com. Yeah. You? Were you surprised that that was available? I really was. Yeah, I, I really was surprised. Um, obviously the, the term of 10x isn't uncommon you've got 10x pro programmers it's used all over the place um 10x managers i just felt was a great brand name for what we're trying to do here and i was shocked when it was available the dot com is available but it's also a symbol of i really struggle to find many of the management communities either um lots of what people do and there's some great communities out there that are um department functions specific sales, marketing, product, some great communities that people can go to there. But I really struggled to find a place that was really the home for somebody that was interested in uniting with people, interested in becoming better people managers and leaders uh, and on that journey upwards. Um, so yeah, I, I was surprised, but then also I think it's indicative of what the market looks like as well. Yeah, I, and I guess just one other question on the name. Did you, um, did, what other names were you considering or was that, was that the only one? I, honestly, it was the first one. Was it? <laughs> yeah, it, it it was the first one, and then obviously I spent a little bit of time after thinking about well, what else could it be, and I I didn't ha I didn't come to anything that I felt you know what that's a better fit. Um, yeah. So just went with it. Yeah, amazing. Where where would you like to see that brand go? Because ultimately, I mean, it's a it's a really great name with um, an amazing online space in a community that is um, in, in a community that has the opportunity to grow as well. So 10X Managers, great brand name, opportunity to be a brand name, great community with, with a growing following. Where would you like to see that brand? I'd like to be, I'd like to see us in every single business having an impact on the management and leadership training um, that occurs within that business. Um, so the, the next progression that, that, that we're working on now and that we're, we're running a few pilots on um, is obviously what we've created so far is our curated 10X digital training academy that's based on community insights. We want to take that one step further because what that one thing that doesn't solve is, well, how do I actually manage within my business? Because Every business is it's got its own politics. It's got its own ways of working. It's got its own processes that we can't teach you that at the moment. So one thing that we're working on with uh, a few pilot customers is going into them, creating an internal community for them within their managers and leaders. We're the same way that we've done with kind of the global 10X side of things. We're curating their shared knowledge and their best practices. And we are then combining them with our community knowledge and insight to create an overall guide about how to manage in your business. Um, and I think what that then creates is a really powerful proposition where we've got community-driven best practice from around the world combined with the isolated and bespoke knowledge you need to manage within your business that we can then help people train in a way that is socially driven, community driven uh, and really develop people in the best way. Um, so I'd love to have an impact on every single business and then use 10X managers to become the way that they develop their leaders and managers, that, that's what I'd love to see. Amazing. This vision that you've got now, you speak about it with, with, with uh, a degree of clarity. Has it always been the same vision since the start or is it 
have as you've developed the the the, the online um, the offering and the community developing, have you spotted further opportunities for growth? So is it this entrepreneurial spirit that's inside you that just doesn't stop? Uh, it's definitely developed. So I think I've always known the problem that was there. Um, One of my biggest frustrations when when I was at Gartner, when someone would come in and teach me how to to do a specific thing, is I'd then spend a couple of days thinking, well, that's great and it's really good information, but it doesn't quite work for me because I've got to do this as part of our process here at Gartner. So I, I always knew that that was a problem with training kind of uh, and management training in terms of what we were doing at 10x i always know we weren't going to solve that um and i think it was the more conversations that i had the more people i spoke to that idea of how to potentially solve that kind of grew and develop and i mean look it's still early stages there we're we're trialing this for the first time with a couple of pilot customers at the moment um and i'm pretty sure if i spoke to you in six months time that offering might look very different again and be advanced more advanced and developed and all those sorts of things um but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it, I think it's an ongoing development. Yeah, amazing, amazing. What I guess outside of work, so I, I, I is there two different Joshes, or is it the same? Is it the same Josh? Because, um, in fact, I'll, I'll let you answer that question before I before I, I give you a get out clause. Is is it the same Josh? Uh, it is. It is the same Josh. I think uh, if you asked my fiance, I think I'd drive her mental. Um, it, we're, we're, I'm speaking about business ideas and things that I think should exist all the time. And she sometimes just tells me to shut up and uh, just switch off for 10 minutes. So I, I, I'm always on in that sense. Um, and I'm always thinking about it. And again, whenever I'm with my family, my dad, my brother, they both run their own businesses as well. It, it, it's, it's what we speak about. Yeah. So I guess with somebody that has so many different ideas and thoughts, how do you, curate i guess how do, how do you gather capture um and and what's your process for uh testing piloting experimenting throwing away all of this stuff yeah so it's it's something that i've had to really work on actually um because i think i'm the sort of person that i'll get an idea and then i want to try and do it and see what happens and i think what what can very quickly happen and i think this is what happened when we were doing the uh, the software platform, the employee engagement software platform as well. Um, I had lots of ideas. We were building different modules and different things that this platform was going to do. And it, it, it was getting carried away in terms of it was so big at this point already, but actually it didn't add any value because it was too big and I was distracted and couldn't focus on anything because I was doing so many different things. Um, and actually, I think one thing that's really helped me is we brought on an investor for, for 10X Managers um who's kind of working as kind of a, a kind of a chairman for us as well and he's very good at keeping me focused and checking me and telling me slow down focus on what you're doing stay narrow go deep get really good at it so that's one thing is i've got someone there that nags me to stay focused yeah. um but for the things that i do experiment with and i do try with um i've really got into over the last year um no code Have you come across no code at all Oh, no, I'm not. So I'm, I'm not a developer myself, um, so I, I, I can't code. I don't do any of those things. Um, but no code is basically a big movement that's happening at the moment that 
is enabling non-coders to build apps, websites, develop product. Um, and there's loads of great tools in there. Um, but one that I, I particularly like is a tool called Bubble. And it essentially enables you to build applications using no code. Um, so 10X managers, I've built myself, we've built all the functionality in there using Bubble, using no code. And what it's absolutely brilliant for is throwing up something really quickly testing it with users and then killing it if it doesn't work or refining it, developing it, improving it um, and helping uh, helping you kind of refine those ideas quickly. Um, so Bubble's been a game changer for us because, again, I, I compare the two businesses. Software platform we started with, hard-coded, using an external agency. We spent a load of money. Um, things were really slow to kind of get changed and develop and iterate and we were getting customer insight really quick, but couldn't change the product fast enough. Bubble, completely different, is we get customer insight and we can have changes done the next day because I can just stay up and do it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that's uh, that's my homework for the uh, for the weekend, I think. I'm going to explore that a little bit more. Um, but I just want to just just talk about really, really quickly, actually, your your movement. So you, you, you left employment. You started the employee engagement um, uh, initiative. And and you've just said then that you were you were in it really deep and and investing money in it. How difficult was it for you, or was it difficult to acknowledge that it wasn't a good idea, or that you needed to pivot, or that it was a child? How, how easy was it? Really hard. Um, so I so I've been working on this whilst at work, just kind of part time, like doing lists here and there. So I, I did it. Whilst it worked for about six or nine months, um, again, very, very light touch, then went full-time last April and did it for about six months uh, as kind of what was the what the main focus was. Um, and I think I knew fairly early, in, in hindsight, I knew fairly early that it wasn't quite right and what we were doing wasn't quite right. But I think there was a, a pride in there, an ego thing that was like, no, I'm going to make this work. I can make this work and kind of kept plowing on, plowing on, plowing on. Um, but I think I always had that nagging feeling that this wasn't quite right. And we're not really solving the problem that I'm, I'm setting out to try and solve. Um, and yeah, it, it was a really difficult one, but I think that feeling grew and grew and grew and grew. And then obviously we got a few pilot customers um, for this employee experience platform. And I kind of came to a crossroad where I had to make a decision at that point because we were going through this pilot. A few of these businesses were going to start um, really using us and becoming reliant on what we were doing. And I knew I'd then have the responsibility to improve the platform, to really invest deep into it, or to, well, not necessarily kill it the way I... I think the way I phrased it to myself was pause it, explore 10X, which is the other thing that had been growing at the same time. We'd kind of, I'd started experimenting and we were seeing some good traction. And I essentially, I'd, I eventually jumped into it and said, you know what, we're going to pause Game Base, which was the platform, and jump into 10X. Um, and so it was really difficult. It was a really, really difficult period in terms of uh, that, that transition. Got you. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, just a couple more questions. Um... I, I, I just want to have a little play with you. Play with your surname here, if I'm honest. Um, what's the biggest? Or what's the number one lesson that somebody can gain? See what I did uh, from Josh. See, I, I really struggle with that question as well. Lee. I think um, obviously I, I do my podcast every week. We've done 30, 40 episodes, or whatever it is at this point. Um, 
never been on anyone else's podcast so this is the first time I've actually been on the other side uh, of the interview uh, and sharing about myself and, and those sorts of things and it, it's one of those that we spoke about it earlier imposter syndrome but it's I don't know is, is the honest answer <laughs> um, I think there's lots of areas where I can uh, add value and add experience um, but I think I'm always aware as well as that there's always someone better than me at everything. And I think that's one of the things that drives me forward as well is I can always get better and I can always improve and there's always people to learn from. Um, so maybe that's the learning that someone can take away is that you, you're never at your best. You're never at the top. You There's always something new to learn. There's always something changing in the world. It's all about whether you're hungry enough to go and learn and actually improve in that area. Yeah, I love that. And the, the fact that we've been talking for 40, 50 minutes now and it's been all about you and all about your lessons and all about your story and all about what you're doing and all about the value that you're bringing. And I, I, so I, I, I think that when I, I think there is, there is, there is a lot that you can share and that you can may, maybe one week on your podcast, have no guests and maybe, and, and see, just give it give it a whirl. Because honestly, it's like, yeah, like so no, 40, yeah. 40, 40 or 50 minutes we've been talking, it's all been about your lessons. And uh, I just want to thank you for uh, for your time today. A couple more quite really small questions. What does such an entrepreneurial um, person who leads a community currently of 600 members um, have for his tea? So I, I say tea is his evening meal. You probably say dinner because you're far posher than I. But Birmingham's tea as well. Like I'm, I'm with you on tea. Oh, very good. What do you have for your tea then, Josh? Yeah. So I've got a very exciting evening planned. Lee. I'm uh, off to Costco tonight because we've got a barbecue on Sunday. And uh, for those that know, Costco have a good cafe. So um, I will probably be getting a hot dog from the Costco cafe tonight. How does that sound? Oh, amazing. So, I mean, I've never been to Costco cafe, but so I've seen things that have come out of Costco and they're like, like oversized i mean i'm i'm quite a short chap uh, being at like five feet nine and a half all that i round up to ten and and the pizzas that come out from from there and all of that stuff makes me look tiny um so do the hot dogs are the hot dogs oversized as well uh i actually i haven't been for a very long time so i'll, I'll have to report back to you on that one <laughs> Oh, I look forward to seeing the picture. I look forward to seeing the picture. And uh, final question, Mr. Gain, is um, if people want to know more about 10X Managers, if they want to know about, more about you, where would they go? What would they do? What would they find? So LinkedIn, Josh Gain, I post um, quite a lot regarding a lot of the stuff that we're learning from other people. So connect with me there. Um, 10X Managers, if anyone's interested in what we've been speaking about today, um, I've actually created you your own page today, Lee. So 10xmanagers.com forward slash Lee. And oh, wow. all of your audience and anyone that kind of signs up through there will get a seven-day free trial to the Digital Academy that we've launched this week as well. Um, so they can really get into some of the insights, learn what we're doing and uh, just get that experience. So yeah, um, 10xmanagers.com forward slash Lee. Amazing. No, thank, thank you very much for that. Such a gentleman as well, isn't it? Such a gentleman you are. Honestly, Josh, <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your journey, your, the challenges, the pitfalls, and ultimately the developing the, the value and showing the value that you continue to do. So it's been an absolute pleasure to learn from you today, Josh. Good luck at Costco tonight. Enjoy the hot dog and, uh, and have a lovely weekend, young man. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for having me, Lee. Really enjoyed it. Cheers, Josh. 
Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.